Improper disposal of batteries can spark fires. Fires on garbage trucks and at trash and recycling centers cost millions and put lives in danger. Batteries do not belong in regular trash or recycling. Learn more at GoRecycle.org. Brought to you by Montgomery County. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. Hello, Cleveland, and welcome back to another edition of the Dogland Podcast. Uh, we are in the final week of the preseason. Uh, got a special episode coming tonight. I'm your host, Jackson McCurry. And rolling with me, as always, is my co-host, Anthony Jokey. Anthony, what's going on, brother? Not a whole lot. I was still laughing a few seconds ago calling me boss. I, I don't know if that's much of the case anymore, but I'll, I guess I'll roll with this still. Hey, hey, you started this podcast. You're still boss in my book, brother. <laughs> All right. Um, but uh, like I said, final week of the preseason, Anthony. Um, Browns are playing the Bears Saturday. Uh, we're going to project the 53 man roster since you know right after the the bears game the final cutdowns will begin they have to be set by august 30th but anthony before the plan was just to do this roster uh cut or projected roster episode but then thursday morning uh former brown center jc treader announced his retirement after nine seasons um wrote a pretty nice letter that was on social media and he he did mention, you know, the elephant in the room of him being the NFL uh, players union team or uh, president and pretty much said that, you know, that, that bears responsibility. And unfortunately, that does lead to a potential like blacklisting from NFL teams. And, you know, he was mentioned as a potential return to the Browns after Nick Harris's injury. Uh, he was tied to Tampa after their injuries along their offensive line. But I feel like at the same time, while, you know, a lot is said because he is the players president, but our players union president. But at the same time, we know the injuries Treader dealt with in his five seasons here with the Browns, um, how he gutted through some some bad injuries, his knees, his ankle. Um, he gutted through all that, didn't practice during the week, but always made sure he was game ready, much like Joe Thomas did on the backside of his career. I think it's more apparent that I think the injuries piled up on him more so than you know, being the union president, but I think everybody can use that as the main reason why he's no longer playing in the league. Yeah, I think so. And, uh, you know, I think there's a lot to be said on that, but, you know, it's, it's, uh, I guess it's not entirely surprising to see him retire. I figured he'd either come back here or go to like Tampa Bay because uh, I didn't really see any other spot for him. Uh, that, that he can go to maybe if there's another contender somewhere that it would have been like a slight upgrade, but, um, you know, with all the inju injuries piling up and, you know, you mentioned him being the, uh, player association president, you know, I, I'm not surprised he, he chose to step away. Um, you know, he had a pretty, pretty good career, uh, between Green Bay and here. And, um, you know, I, I, don't know if it's Hall of Fame worthy or not, but you know him uh, being as good as he was for for those nine seasons, uh, you know I I it certainly uh, 
he certainly uh, has done a nice job, you know, over his, his entire career. So uh, he's definitely one of the better ones uh, in terms of being a center. And, uh, you know, now he retires and he can focus on being the uh, PA president. And, you know, I know he has a lot of issues that uh, he wanted to tackle, uh, you know, as president. So now he can uh, really focus on those yeah, for sure. I mean, he was at the forefront of player safety. You know, he became union president at a difficult time during the middle of a pandemic in 2020, um, just as they were re- uh, uh, ratifying a new CBA. Um, you know, he took a lot of slack for some of the things, you know, he was spoken for or he yeah, he spoke out for um, when it came to player safety and everything more recently, I think it was the bears field and how, how awful it looked prior to their first preseason game. But, you know, he was a strong uh, union president. And I think he'll continue to be that through the remainder of his term. But when you talk about him as a football player, I mean, I think he only missed one game in five years and we talked about all the injuries he put up with, but the fact that he only allowed six sacks in his, uh, five years as the Brown as the Browns starting center um, didn't give up very many pressures. He was good. One of the underrated centers in the league. Uh, I definitely don't think it's hall of fame worthy, but he should definitely be recognized for a successful career where he was a mid round draft pick out of, I think it was Cornell. It was one of the Ivy league schools, um, you know, worked his way into being the starting center for the Packers before an injury uh, ended that run. And then he came to Cleveland and really anchored the middle of that offensive line with uh, Joel Batonio and then ultimately Wyatt Teller when he came over in 2019. So uh, definitely one of the underrated centers of uh, this generation in the National Football League. And uh, hopefully he continues to do good things for the NFLPA going forward in terms of player safety and, you know, leading that that side of the, uh, you know, collective bargaining agreement against the NFL. And wasn't the only game that he missed due to COVID, if I remember right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so, I mean, it really wasn't, you know, his, you know, something that he got hurt for that, that he missed the game. So, um, you know, that, that's pretty good to not miss a game in, in five years as a as an offensive lineman. That's that's uh, uh, pretty special. Definitely. Great player. Uh, from what I've been told, great person. So, uh, you know, enjoy your retirement, JC, if you somehow listen to this. And uh, thank you for everything you did for the Browns and what you'll continue to do for the uh, Players Union. But, um, Anthony, we we said we would talk about the projected 53-man roster. This is always a a fun topic towards the end of the preseason as we head towards the regular season. So uh, we both made a projected 53-man roster. We'll give it to you. And I figure we break it down position by position. And you might as well start with the most important position, Anthony. I think you and I are both in agreement. They're only going to keep two. And it's obviously going to be Jacoby Brissett and Josh Dobbs. Yeah, I think it's pretty obvious. You know, obviously, you know, Deshaun won't be there for uh, the first 11 games of the season. So, um, you know, I can definitely see these two, uh, you know, being the the two guys that are out there. Um, You know, I don't – maybe Rosen could stick around on the practice squad and be the practice squad guy because he does have some mobility. So being the, the practice squad quarterback uh, could be uh, really beneficial with some of the guys that uh, we're going to face this year. But um, unless there's another guy somewhere out there that they, they are eyeing for the, the practice squad, but you know, I, I would be very shocked if it wasn't Brissett and Dobbs, uh, as your two quarterbacks, um, 
you know, come opening weekend. Uh, agreed. The only way I think it changes is if Jimmy Garoppolo gets released by San Francisco, not a trade. Um, Mary Kay, others have said if he becomes available in free agency and he's willing to come here, obviously the Browns would look at that as an option, but I just don't see that happening. I don't see him taking significant pay cut to potentially only be the backup here in Cleveland. So I do think they're going to roll with Brissett and Dobbs. Uh, go into the running back position. You and I are both in agreement again on this one. Uh, they're going to keep four. We think it's going to be Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, uh, Jerome Ford, the rookie out of Cincinnati. We both list Demetric Felton as running back, and I think that's just a result of how things shake out. Um, I think he's still going to be more of a wide receiver than a running back, but I think you and I are both in agreement. They keep those four. It's going to be sad to see Dearness Johnson go and even John Kelly because he's been – uh, a good contributor during the preseason, showing that he can be on an NFL roster. Uh, we know what Dearness can be too. Potentially, that could be a trade piece that they, you know, chip him off to another team to maybe add to a position of weakness here on the roster. But uh, the running back room is so stacked; they unfortunately are going to have to make a difficult decision in that part. Uh, and we both agree it's going to be Dearness Johnson is going to be the odd man out. Yeah, yeah, it you know it's tough because you want to keep all these guys. I think um, you know they're all they're all pretty good. You know, obviously, you know Chubb and Hunt are on a different level. Uh, you know, Dearness the, the showed what he could do in the absence of uh, Chubb last season for for a few games. Uh, you know, Jordan Ford has has really impressed. So there's no way uh, he's not going to be here. The only way they keep, uh, I think, Chubb Hunt. Johnson and Ford is if they really move Felton to wide receiver and then, you know, one of those guys in the back end there of the receiving group uh, doesn't make it. Uh, but, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, this room will be narrowed down to four. And, you know, if they could get uh, something for Johnson, uh, you know, whether it be like a, a very late round pick or maybe another player, uh, maybe on the, the defensive line side, uh, that just said that they could take a look at, you know, for a little bit. Uh, maybe that would be beneficial, but, uh, you know, I, I really can't see, you know, him, him being here at, at, at the start of the season because of the, the other guys that are behind him. Yeah, for sure. And then, you know, the, there's still talk about a Kareem Hunt trade. Uh, I First of all, I would have to think the Browns are blown away, but Mary Kay said on Pat McAfee's show on Wednesday – um, that the Browns have no intention of trading Kareem Hunt. Now, obviously, if a team comes calling and, you know, blows him away with an offer, like a third-round pick or, you know, maybe a, a legit wide receiver, NFL wide receiver that can help this group uh, that we'll discuss next, but I just – Kareem Hunt's too valuable to this team. With or without Deshaun Watson, having Kareem Hunt here is another weapon for Jacoby Brissett um, in terms of a running back, in terms of a pass catcher out of the backfield, like – He's too valuable. He's one of the top 10 running backs in the league. Like if you, unless you're getting amazing value and it's a deal you can't pass up, Kareem Hunt belongs on this team and he will make a big impact on this roster for 2022. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And, you know, I, I'm very curious to see, you know, how he could be utilized with uh, Deshaun Watson when, when he returns, you know, I think, um, uh, you know, utilizing them in like the, the option game together, uh, I think would be uh, pretty interesting 
Um, and obviously you do play action off of that. So uh, I, I think that uh, he'll stick, you know, they'll keep him around for a while and, you know, maybe revisit the, the contract stuff off after the season uh, with them, uh, depending on how things go this year. As we move to the wide receiver position, this is a position that you and I start to differ in terms of the roster construction. And I think you and I both realize like we pencil this in, but things could change because I feel like we're both, ex- we are probably both expecting among the rest of the Browns fan base that they make a move at some point to upgrade the wide receiver position. You and I are both in agreement that Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples Jones, uh, David Bell, Anthony Schwartz, and Michael Woods are safe. But then when it comes to wide receiver six, you and I both differ. Uh, You went Jamarcus Bradley. I went Mark Harley Jr., the undrafted free agent out of Miami. Yeah, I mean, the only reason I put him there is because it's just like a placeholder because I think they're going to add somebody uh, and he'll be the first to go, Um, whether it's via trade, whether it's via the waiver wire on uh, roster cutdown. I think he'll make like that first the initial 53 man, but, uh, or, or even, um, the, the Harley that you put, uh, will make the initial 53 man. But if there's somebody available that they're able to claim or able to trade for, uh, I think they're, they're first off the, the chopping block there. Yeah, I would agree. But I think both could be safe for the practice squad Harley for sure, because we've seen a lot of playing time out of him in the preseason. Um, they've been using him as a special teams guy, which, still leaves me open to the possibility. And I think it also depends on how Woods is recovering from the hamstring injury. He suffered a couple weeks ago. Um, Harley could make this team be on the active roster as a kick returner until Woods is ready to go. And then hopefully Harley can slide on back onto the practice squad. But yeah, I would agree. Bradley's a potential option as well for wide receiver six. He's been in the system the last couple of years. Um, He's made, he's stepped up in some games and, made somewhat of an impact in the wide receiver room. But um, I also feel like, you know, they, I think they know what they're getting out of Jamarcus Bradley at the same time. And in year three, he hasn't really made a significant jump. So this could be uh, the end of his time in Cleveland as well. But I could see them go in either direction there. Yeah. And if you're able to, you know, sneak them on the practice squad, obviously they know the system a little bit. So if there's an injury uh, to, to one of the receivers or something, you know, they could be one of the first guys up. So, um, you know, I, I don't think they'll go too far, to be honest. No, not at all. Um, we're both in agreement on the tight end room. Uh, we both have them keeping three. I wouldn't be shocked if they kept four just because Nakia Griffin Stewart um, has shown flashes in the preseason. Um, he goes back to Minnesota with Stefanski to a degree. Um, so there could be something there where he makes the team, but we both agree that Najoku Bryant and Miller Forrestal are the three tight ends. Um, this could be another room where, you know, Forrestal could just be the placeholder. They could pick up somebody off waivers. There could be a trade, could be another free agent signing, you know, been mentioning Darren Fells all off season as a potential veteran option, but uh, we both know that the tight end room has a potential shot this season, Anthony, to make a big impact. As much as people talk about the wide receiver position, they gave Najoku a lot of money. A lot of people are uh, tagging Harrison Bryant as the breakout performer on offense this year. So uh, I would say big expectations for the tight end room heading into 2022. Yeah, especially with the contract that Najoku was given. There's all, there all, Those uh, expectations were immediate once he signed that. Um you know, I kind of forgot about 
uh, Johnny Stanton because I, I think he could definitely play into this too uh, because he could be utilized in different spots, you know, in, in the offense, lining up a fullback, lining, you know, on, on the as like a wing back there, uh, you know, and like one of those tight end spots. So um, I think he could factor in here. I, I kind of forgot about him uh, when, when doing this, but, uh, you know, I don't think they'll keep three – uh, or I don't think they'll keep four. I think they could keep three plus him. Uh, obviously, somebody else would have to go somewhere. Uh, you know, if they wanted to keep him on based on our list, but you know, I think he could definitely be involved in that situation. Yeah, there's always an outside um possibility that Stanton makes it. Um, I have a feeling he 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 could make it to the practice squad again. Um, I just don't see full packet fullback as a like premium position anymore. Sorry, Tony Grossi. Um, especially with this offense. Um, Stanton has shown flashes at tight end during the last couple of preseasons, but I just feel like he's a bit undersized. So maybe slide him onto the practice squad and elevate him in an emergency situation as a H back where you can line him up in fullback in certain in cer- certain formations. And then if you want to use him as a third tight end, that's also a possibility. Uh, and I, and I, got, I guess it also depends, too, on what their game plan is going to be for, like, the first 11 games. Are they just going to be extremely run-focused for at least first 11 games without Deshaun Watson so that way Brissett isn't making uh, too many mistakes? Because he doesn't make too many mistakes to begin with, but if you really want to minimize it and you just focus on the run game for, you know, those first 11 games of the season, maybe that's where you keep uh, Stanton to help out with that. Right. We don't really know what the game plan is now with Brissett under center as quarterback. Does the offense change? Does it go back to what it's been the last couple of years or does it still continue to expand the way we thought it was going to be with Watson being the man under center? Only time will tell. We'll find out, you know, week one was when we roll down to Carolina, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see what Stefanski plans to do offensively uh, in terms of running the ball or opening it up more to a passing attack style offense. Uh, we're both in agreement in terms of how the offensive line shakes out, uh, we have Wills, but or Joel Batonio, Ethan Posick, Wyatt Teller, Jack Conklin, James Hudson, Michael Dunn, Blake Hans, Chris Hubbard, and we both have Drew Forbes as the tenth lineman. And Anthony, I think this, I think Forbes may not have made it initially, um, in my opinion, until we saw Michael Dunn playing center this past week against Philly. Uh, just knowing that he has that flexibility to play both guard and center, I think creates an opportunity for Forbes or I can't even, I think it's Froholt is the guy's name. Yeah, That, yeah, that could the be one. the other guy, Forbes or Froholt being the uh, 10th lineman. Um, I think that's a battle that we might come down to the wire on this Saturday against the Bears. Um, but I feel like we're both in agreement that these are the 10 best linemen on the Browns. Uh, Drew Forbes is hanging around like we haven't seen much of him in his four years here with the Browns. But um, I think there's something obviously that this group still likes. Bill Callahan likes Um, people seem to forget going into 2020. He was the favorite to potentially be the right guard over Wyatt Teller before he opted out. So uh, this is obviously make or break year for Drew Forbes. He's a free agent after this year. Um, But we both have him as the 10th offensive lineman as things stand. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's nice to have all this uh, depth on the offensive line, you know, even after 
those the two injuries to both Harris and uh, uh, Dawson Deaton. Um, it, it just shows how well that they've been able to, to focus on the offensive line and uh, they've been able to hit on a lot of these guys. So, um, you know, they've done a really nice job kind of building this offensive line. It's night and day from where it was about, you know, like four years ago. So, um, you know, kudos to them. And, you know, they just continue to, to build up these, these old line guys. And, you know, a lot of that's, uh, a lot of that is a big thanks to, to Callahan. Um, but, uh, you know, with fours being the, the 10th guy on this, you know, if there's maybe another tight end that, uh, you know, they want to take a look at or, or, or something, you know, I could definitely see him being like the first guy cut out of this group uh, because it is the last year of his deal. And, you know, I don't know if they would re-sign him anyway, um, you know, just for depth purposes, you know, that's something that they could use, it, uh, they could target in the draft or, or, you know, use one of the other, you know, five, six guys that they do have currently. Without a doubt. Uh, as we move toward the defensive side of the ball, well, yeah, we'll just move to the defensive side of the ball. Um, as we look at the edge room, you and I are both in agreement on Garrett, Clowney, Alex Wright, Isaac Rochelle, and Isaiah Thomas. But then when it comes to the six man uh, in the edge room, we both have him keeping six. You have Chase Winovich, but I have Chris Odom. Um, when it when it comes to me with Winovich, haven't been impressed with him at all in preseason. Uh, he's been injured the other half of the time. Um, and we talked about Odom a couple episodes back. Loved what I saw out of him in the USL USFL going back and watching some of the film. Um, liked what I've seen out of him in flashes in the preseason. Uh, give me the guy that's been more consistent and I think still has some upside left in his game. And he has that relationship with Miles Garrett as well. Winovich, we swapped him for Mac Wilson. I'm like, I haven't been impressed with him so much so far. Uh, I would rather go with the guy that's actually proving it out on the field. And that's why I picked Odom over Winovich. Progressive presents adjusting to the suburbs. I never really thought about tools until I bought a house in the suburbs. It's like this weird homeowner test if I need a tool for a project and don't have it. And my neighbor Ted loves to give me that look when I asked to borrow a pole saw. A year ago, I didn't even know pole saws existed. And now I gotta borrow one from Ted? What is happening? Anyway, when you save with Progressive by bundling your home and auto, that's the easy part of adjusting to the suburbs. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. And, and plus, you could argue with Odom, too, that he's been around for quite a while and, and could be maybe slightly a, a veteran presence, uh, even though he hasn't been uh, in, in the NFL much, per se. But, um, you know, I, I I think it's just a, a toss-up between the two. I uh, don't think it completely matters in, in the, in the grand, grand scheme of things because uh, there'll be, like, the fifth and sixth guys in the rotation anyway. Uh, but, you know... If they do like, you know, if they want to get uh, a longer look at uh, one of these two guys, um, you know, I, I think that that'll be the guy that makes it. But, you know, I think the practice squad would be an option for both of them, uh, you know, if they if one of them gets cut. Possibly. Yeah. Um, and they still, you know, they might go and snatch up another veteran or something or somebody off another team through the waiver wire, too, if they don't don't feel encouraged by either one of them. So. Yeah, that, that's, another, that's another position, kind of like a wide receiver where, uh, you know, pay attention to cut down day because and the waiver wire. Um, I, I think that uh, that that's a spot where uh, they could pick up another uh, pass rusher. Um, what Because what obviously we both left off Curtis Weaver. You think his time is done here, too? 
Yeah, just haven't seen much out of them. It's funny because I had seen the other day, it was like, I think two years ago, I wrote an article saying that uh, Andrew Barry was a genius for picking him up on the waiver wire um, and letting him, you know, like essentially red shirt because he was injured in Miami and they cut him early. Um, but yeah, he just hasn't shown enough. You know, maybe he's a practice squad guy. I don't, I forget how the practice squad rules work, but you can have a 16 man roster on the practice squad. So if they still have hope that Weaver can turn into something, you put them on the practice squad. And then if the call up rules still apply the way they did the last couple of years, maybe call him up in a, uh, if he has a great week of practice and have a certain package ready for him. But I just haven't seen enough out of him. Uh, I was very hopeful he would turn into something, but he just hasn't yet. Yeah. And obviously, you know, uh, having Clowney on the other side and, and Garrett on, on one, you know, there's not a lot of playing time to be had. Uh, so, um, you know, when you have those two guys of, of their caliber, uh, you know, he didn't get a, a whole lot of playing time. And uh, if I remember right, there were injuries last year too. So, uh, yeah, I think so. so, you know, it, he just hasn't been able to, to get on the field much. No, not at all. Um, we go to the D tackle room. We're both in agreement. Jordan Elliott, Taven Bryan, Tommy Togia, and Perion Winfrey. Uh, I don't see them making much of a move here. Uh, I think we all were have been, you know, beating the dead horse to death when it comes to uh, the interior defensive line. I feel like we've been doing it for like ten years now, at least as long as this podcast has been going. We have, uh, but I just don't see them making a move there. Uh, do you have any thoughts on the D tackle room? It's a very interesting group. Um, you know, obviously there it's a lot of young guys and uh, they they all have a lot to prove and hopefully that creates competition with them. Um, I know Winfrey provides a lot of energy to their groups and hopefully that'll push everybody else uh, in a positive way. Um, you know, I just want somebody out of this group, whether it's Elliot, Brian, Togi, or Winfrey, to, to really step up this year and 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 be the anchor, you know, in, in those uh, interior spots. So um, uh, I'm, hopefully one of these guys can do that. Yeah, Elliot and Brian looked good in the first preseason game. Uh, they didn't play the last one. Um, so it'd be interesting to see if they, how much they play. What was that? Togi, I was going to say, Togi has gotten a lot better, it seems yeah, like, uh, Togi, from last year. Togi has step, taken a step forward. Um, interested to see how they look Saturday because we know the starters are going to play. Uh, Winfrey has struggled. Um, I know Stefanski mentioned that he's working through something. Um, obviously, it's not a significant injury because he's been, I think, out on the field every practice. I haven't heard anything about him being on the bike. Um, very lackluster so far. Um, it's one of those guys where it just seems like he's a lot of bark and no bite. So hopefully, um, as the rookie season goes, he makes progress. But I'm just not very hopeful right now. Um, but yeah, I'm. You know, I hope Elliot and like Togi, I could take a step forward and I hope Brian pr proves to be a, a solid under the radar free agent signing for this group. But um, only time will tell as the season moves forward, just hope they can stop the run because uh, they were getting gashed big time during the first couple preseason games. Yeah. And obviously when you have Clowney and Garrett out there, that'll be different. Um, I, I had a comment about all bark and no bite, but I'm going to keep that one to myself. <laughs> uh, as we look at the linebacker room, we're in agreement. JOK, Anthony Walker, uh, Jacob Phillips, Sione Takitaki, and Tony Fields. I think this this room is so underrated. Um, 
and like Tony Fields, I think has come a long way. Uh, what I've seen out of the preseason so far, that speed is going to be a big time weapon, not only on special teams, but if one of these guys were to go down with injury, which hopefully not knocking on wood right now, um, I'm not saying he's going to come in and be able to replace what JOK and Anthony Walker can do, but it just gives you another weapon with that speed uh, and that way that he can, you know, cut across one side of the field to the other to make a tackle. Like you got to feel good about the depth in this linebacker room right now. Yeah. And, and you know, even uh, you know, like you mentioned, uh, some of these guys, you know, playing in special teams, you know, Taki Taki and Fields and Phillips, uh, you know, they, they have speed and, and a lot of that definitely matters when it comes to punt coverage and kickoff coverage. So, uh they could definitely, you know, carve out a, a good role that way. If I remember right, like Taki Taki's in the last year of his deal this year. Correct. Uh, so, so he has a lot to prove as well. Um, you know, Phillips I, I has think, a bit. This is a big year for Phillips. If he can stay healthy, he can right be a, another big contributor. Yeah, yeah. You know, as long as he can stay available, stay healthy, uh, I think you know he'll be okay. I remember listening to one of his interviews early on about uh, you know staying healthy this year and how you know this offseason that you know he was able to prepare very well because he wasn't uh, you know he was fully recovered. So I'm excited to see what he has. Um, you know, obviously we know what JOK can do, and I think that he's one of the more exciting players on defense. Uh, hopefully, he can start to get uh, some more of the credit that he deserves. Uh, you know, I think, you know, with him being a rookie last year, going into year two now, uh, he's really going to have uh, a, a bigger role in this defense uh, uh, being in year two. So I'm excited to see the, the different things that he's able to accomplish this season. Yeah, definitely. JOK is a, a potential superstar in the making. And if you have a superstar at every level of the defense, you got to feel really good about your defense going forward. If uh, we move to the cornerback room, we're in agreement on the first five. Denzel Ward, uh, Greg Newsome, Greedy Williams, A.J. Green, Martin Emerson. Then that final one, you have Herb Miller, who has shown some flashes in the preseason. Um, I'm going with Lavert Hill. The uh, They picked him up in the offseason uh, out of Michigan. I think he's undrafted free agent. Um, like some of the stuff I saw, Alex was telling me, Alex Hale, our uh, draft guy here at the Dogland, who – we should be having on next week uh, to talk about some early uh, draft prospects um, was telling me about him. Obviously Alex being a former Michigan fan. Um, oh, this is a third year player, Lavert Hill. Uh, but you like, I like what I've seen out of him so far. Um, you know, he's got some decent speed. Uh, definitely could be a guy that can help on special teams. And, you know, the Browns have been so good at developing corners the last couple of years. Um, if, you know, Joe Woods and company can work on him, I think, there's definite some upside there. It was a three-year starter at, at Michigan. A um, little undersized, but definitely as a physical corner for a guy his size, 5'10", 190. Um, I like what I've seen out of him. Hopefully they keep him around. Um, but you went with Herb Miller as the final corner. Yeah, and I haven't noticed where they have played Hill, uh, whether it's been outside or in the slot. I think I have I have Miller there because he has played in the slot. And he would be kind of dead behind uh at that position so uh that was that was my reasoning for it not a problem um aj green i know people have said like greg newsom was going to play corner denzel said he's open to it um i forget who it was it might have been Corey kennan from the obr but he said he wouldn't be surprised if aj green was the starting nickel 
come week one and they just keep Newsom on the outside, which ultimately like I'm okay. If Newsom's the starting nickel, I'm okay. If uh, he stays outside and they move somebody else to nickel, but um, that's going to be the position to watch. I think this season, just because we obviously traded Troy Hill back to the Rams on draft weekend and the nickel corner is obviously open spot. You know, Martin Emerson's more of an outside corner. Um, but AJ Green, I think, could do that. I'm not gonna say for sure for sure he can just because haven't seen it enough. But I've noticed some of our uh fellow Browns podcasters, you know, people that work in the media have said that they wouldn't be shocked if he does that. But I think that's gonna be an interesting position to watch for sure in the secondary. Yeah, you know, obviously you have Greedy going into last year of his deal too. So um, when you have the likes of AJ Green behind him, Everton, who I've been really impressed with, um, you know, Hill, uh, Miller, um, you know, I, I don't see, you know, Greedy getting cut or anything, but I don't see the Browns extending him, uh, you know, after the season based on the guys that are uh, behind him. So, you know, I don't know if that could be a, a, a you know, a trade uh, that could be had. Uh, but you know, I I would personally keep uh, right now going into season. I keep Ward out there, Newsom and Greedy. You know, I keep Newsom in the slot. He played so well there last year. Uh, you know, typically, you know, the slot guy is probably going to be a little bit faster. So um, I, I think that uh, with uh, Newsom can, can certainly do that. And obviously, you, you put Denzel Ward on, on the, the, the best guy on the other team. And, you know, these, these wide receivers that we have in the AFC North um, are, are pretty good. So, uh, and we'll, we'll, we play some really good ones this season, too. So, um, you know, I, it's just going to be the three best guys out pretty well. Times, you know, it's going to be a uh, defense just because that, that's what uh, the, the teams basically has been in the NFL uh, that's been growing in. So um, it's going to be the three best guys out there, but uh, the other guys like Green and Emerson, Hill or Miller are, are still going to see quite a bit of playing time. Yeah, for sure. Um, we looked at the safety room. We both went a different route on this one as well. Um, I have, we both had John Johnson, the third grant Delpit and Ronnie Harrison making the team. You had Richard LeCount, but I went with DeAnthony bell, who is one of the undrafted free agents been really impressed with, uh, what I've seen out of him, uh, in the preseason so far, I could see them going LeCount as well, just because they don't have that true free safety in my book. Um, but I think that's going to be another key battle that might come down to the wire. And you could even throw in Javante Moffitt, who's been around the last couple of years. They brought him back at the beginning of training camp. Um, so this is obviously it's going to be down to those three for the final safety spot uh, come this Saturday. Yeah. And I, th- and, you know, that's another toss up and, you know, another spot, I think that could be, um, you know, the, the waiver wire and roster cut down this weekend too. Um, you know, if they like, if there's somebody else out there that they like that becomes available, um, you know, obviously you know what you have in, and uh, Johnson, Delpin and Harrison, um, you know, the, the fourth one there is kind of an, an unknown. So, um, you know, I, I just think that that spot's a, a toss-up at the moment, and you know whether somebody comes available or whether it's it's Bell or, or LeCount, um, you know I don't think it's going to matter too much in, in the grand scheme of things. 
Yeah, I even threw out there, uh, I think it was Jack Duffin talking about could Ronnie Harrison be on on the on the block? And he said no, because I think his contract was guaranteed. They said unless he, he said unless he gets traded somewhere, he just thinks Harrison's gonna make the team. So uh because I haven't really seen much out of him in preseason so far. And you know, he was a late free agent signing uh in the spring. I just I don't think any of us expected him to come back, but he's back. Um, I just hope that that safety room can stay healthy and uh, seeing a fully healthy Grant Delpit this year, I think is going to be a good thing uh, for that secondary. Yeah. Well, you know, him being around pretty much all last year, basically his rookie season uh, going into, I know this is year three, but really it's year two for him. Um, you know, I, I think uh, there's a lot of the things that he'll be able to do. Uh, and expand upon in this defense. So he's in our play. I'm really excited to to watch on defense every week. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's so many pieces on this defense that I think we all expect to take a step forward this year. So it's definitely going to be uh, fun to watch. And then as we wrap up the 53-man roster, Anthony, uh, obviously the specialist room has been set uh, since last week when they cut uh, Joseph Carlson, uh, Cade York's the kicker. Uh, who has been, I think, the top rookie so far through camp and preseason. Um, Corey Bjorquez is our punter. And, of course, the legend the legend himself, Charlie Hewlett, is the long snapper again uh, heading into the 2022 season. Yep. Yeah, I don't think there really was much question about, about uh, you know, these spots. Um, you know, they, they drafted York. I, I, he won that battle pretty early on. Uh, Bjorquez... Um, you know, is certainly impressed. So uh, he's got a, a decent work. Um, you know, I, I'm really looking forward to the, the special teams unit really improving this season. Uh, you know, it's kind of been lackluster the last couple of years. So, um, you know, hopefully, you know, with these guys in there, they're able to, to do a better job this year. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, not even just this, like the three main specialists, but hopefully the special team unit, uh, it takes a step forward this year because uh, it wasn't the best in terms of coverage uh, on kickoffs and punts. And, you know, Mike Prefer, I think this is a big year for him. Um, if he wants to keep going forward as a special teams coordinator, he's really got to get that unit uh, clicking on in all all phases of his uh, of his group. Yeah, and, and it really is. Uh, terrible that they lost Jakey Grant uh, very early on because I, I think he would have, really would have made a, a true difference on, on special teams. So, um, you know, hopefully there's somebody there, you know, whether it's, it's uh, Felton or Swartz or DPJ or, or whoever it is uh, as returner um, on the kickoff, hopefully they're able to, to do a good job and, you know, the, the guys in front of them also do a good job. And hopefully uh, we just see some kind of improvement this year. That's what I'll take from special teams this year. Without a doubt. Uh, so as we wrap things up, Anthony, like we mentioned at the top, this Saturday is the preseason finale against the Chicago bears. Is there one thing that you are looking forward to watching uh, come Saturday night? Yeah, it's just very simple and that's stay healthy. I, I mean, obviously the stars, some of the stars are going to be out there, you know, Brissett's going to be out there and everything. Uh, just stay healthy. That, that's all I ask. That's all I'm looking for. Uh, nothing else really matters to me. Yeah, that that's a big thing. But the one thing I'm looking forward to is seeing, the offense out there, the, the starters out there, because there's been a lot of talk this week. Um, 
you know, people saying about criticizing Stefanski about not having Jacoby Brissett out there in the preseason, um, not playing certain guys, but we know the majority of the starters are going to play. And I just want to see the starters go down and like put together a nice scoring drive, like Brissett and Cooper, like clicking, having, you know, good chemistry, good timing on everything. Like, just seeing this offense flow go down the field for a touchdown. It might not mean anything, but I think it'll silence some of the local media around here because some of the takes I've heard this week have been ridiculous. Um, like I mentioned, them criticizing Brissett not playing. Um, they've been talking about, like, if week one doesn't go well, Stefanski's on the hot seat. Uh, they're just talking about not utilizing Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb enough, and it's just like, I don't know what these people have been watching. Like people kind of forget that two years ago, Stefanski was coach of the year. Um, I seen a stat this week talking about explosive play differential and the Browns were one of like the top 10 teams in explosive plays. Like I really hope Stefanski has a bounce back year just to really silence some of the critics after what happened last year, which part, part of it might've been his fault, but I just think the chaos surrounding everything in that organization was uh it was a big hurt on the on the team last year and i just really hope the offense comes out and really silences critics on uh saturday night even if it means nothing yeah yeah i mean even if they don't score a touchdown if they're able to you know get a few first downs and get a little bit into a rhythm i think a lot of people will feel a lot better if they uh show signs of promise and just kind of are able to get into a little bit of a, a, a rhythm over a few series without a doubt i mean we don't know how long they're going to play we know they're going to play and the bears say that they're going to use their starters for like 25 to 30 plays and i know the coaches have been in contact so it wouldn't shock me if we see you know the the starting offense the majority of it at least out there for at least a couple drives yeah, yeah, it'll be nice. Uh, you know, I obviously, uh, like we mentioned earlier, stay healthy too. Uh, you know, we can't afford anything else. So, um, and you know, obviously on, on both sides, you you want that. Uh, so, you know, obviously this last preseason game will go down to those last few uh, roster spots, and, and and those guys trying to impress. Um, but, uh, you know, as long as they come out of uh, Saturday night uh, relatively healthy and, and ready to go against Carolina, uh, that's what I'm looking forward to. Yep, that's the main objective Saturday. Come out healthy, unscathed, and pre- be prepared to go into battle and in, uh, preparation for week one against Carolina because that's going to be a big one. Uh, Anthony, is there anything else you want to discuss before we wrap things up here? No, no, I think we're all good. All righty. You guys can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony Jokey. You can follow me on Twitter at Jack McCurry08. And also follow the Dogland at the Dogland. Uh, if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, believe be sure to leave us a review. Uh, also subscribe and share on all social media platforms. We truly appreciate you all. We'll be back either I'd say late this weekend or early next week to uh break down the roster cuts, the waiver claims and what the initial 53 man roster looks like. Cause we know the bottom of it's always going to be a revolving door. Um, so be, be stay tuned for the next episode of the Dogland podcast. And as we get on out of here until next time, go Browns. Leftovers or
the DMV, or house cleaning, or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. T plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.